Amazing Grace Kona welcomes you to today's lesson from Pastor Izzy Manzo. Our prayer is that today's lesson will spiritually feed and uplift you. Now, here's Pastor Izzy. We're in the Gospel of Mark chapter 13. Jesus is going to talk about the signs of his coming. Some people ask me, why do you believe Jesus is coming again? And I tell them a really simple answer because um, who taught that he was going to come again? Jesus. He's the one who said in John 14, I, he said, don't let your heart be troubled. Don't, don't let it be fearful. Don't worry. I'm going to my father's house to prepare a place for you. And in my father's house, there's many mansions. He says, and I go to prepare a place for you that I can come again to receive you unto myself, that where I am, you may be also. And if I'm just quoting to you from the, the first part of John chapter 14, but Jesus is the one who said he, he's going to come again. And in Mark chapter 13, he actually is going to tell some of the signs of the times. Now, he said, no man knows the day or the hour, or only the Father. He said, not even the Son was privy to the time he would return. He says, but I can tell you the signs so you could be ready. It says that in the last days there'll be wars and rumors of wars, earthquakes, pestilence, famines, and they will be on the increase. Like a woman when, when she is in travail or when, when she goes into labor. Well, Jesus said, when you see these signs begin to come to pass, this is, this is a sign for you to know that my coming is near. On our island, we have more earthquakes. We had like 389 in the last month. Month, not year. I was like, what? And they're like, yeah, and the scientists say they're on the increase in both in strength and in frequencies. And one of the geologists writes, it's like a woman going into labor. The earth is like mother nature is going into labor. They probably don't know this is a verse in the Bible. But let me show it to you today. Let's look at Mark chapter 13. So if you pick up with me at verse 1, it says, And so as Jesus was going out of the temple, some of the disciples said to him, Teacher, behold what wonderful stones and what wonderful buildings. Jesus said to them, Do you see these great buildings? Not one stone will be left upon another which will not be torn down. And as he was sitting on the Mount of Olives opposite the temple, Peter and James and John and Andrew, they were questioning him privately. And they said to him, tell us, when will these things be? What will be the sign? And when are these things going to be fulfilled? So Jesus began to say to them, see to it that no one misleads you. He says, many will come in my, na in my name saying, I am he. And they will mislead many. And then you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. Don't, do not be frightened, he said. Those things must take place. But that is not yet the end. For nation will rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. There will be earthquakes in various places, and there will also be famines. Now these things are merely the beginning of birth pangs. It's just the, the water broke, so to speak, and the labor has begun. When this stuff starts to happen... This is just letting you know, instead of that the baby is coming to be born, Jesus is coming soon. 
Do we have any of these things happening? Wars, rumors of wars, pestilence, famines, earthquakes on the... We, we know earthquakes are on the rise. I, I, I tell you guys, if, you, if you're not a person who follows the news, let me just assure you, this stuff, what Jesus said, is going on. And it's going on and it's escalating. Now, Jesus said, don't let your heart be fearful. Don't let it be frightened. But I get excited that what Jesus said would happen is beginning to come to pass. He said in the last days, the love of many will wax cold. You know, people's love for their fellow mankind will, they'll, they'll be like, I don't care about him. Step on him. Squish him like a bug. Doesn't matter. Has anyone noticed that that's, there's a callousness beginning to, to happen? And it's not just, it's not just in our nation. It's like a global callousness that's starting. People are just getting like tired of, of this bad news. And I get the privilege of standing up as a, as a servant of the Lord and saying, Hey, everybody, hang on. We have a hope. It's not that this stuff down here will fix itself by itself, but our hope is not, the Bible says, not in this world. Our hope is in, in the Lord. The maker of heaven and earth. And the maker of heaven and earth, Jesus said that he will come again. And when he sets, you know when we pray that prayer, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. High and lifted up is your name. And thy, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Is, is that a good prayer for the earth? Would that fix some stuff down here? If, if God's kingdom came down here, and we got rid of all the corrupt rulers and we put God in charge. How would that work? They say that an absolute theocracy or a, a, a rulership by one of complete authority is the best, powerfulest way to rule. As long as the one ruling is righteous and not able to be corrupted. If you put one guy in charge over the whole world and he's not righteous, we call it a dictatorship. And things ain't so good. But if you put Jesus, let's say we put Jesus, because that's what, remember they were throwing down the palm branches and saying, Hosanna, Hosanna. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. You know, the don he was riding in on the donkey. We call that Palm Sunday. And they were spreading their garments out. And they were crying out, save now. Set up your kingdom now. And Jesus says, not the right time. First, I have to take care of something. What did Jesus have to do that next week? After he rode in with that great procession, he had to die, right? He had to become a sacrifice, the Lamb of God, like John the Baptist cried out, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Before he could come to be our king, he had to address our spiritual flaw. He had to come and die and be a sacrifice for our sins. And so he came and became that perfect lamb to take away our sins. And when he returns, he will come and he will set up a kingdom. That's what we're praying anyway. I mean, some people don't even believe me. They're like, I never thought of that. You mean really he's going to come and make his kingdom in, on earth as it is in heaven? Wait, I'm like, did you, did you not read to the end of the book? I mean, spoiler alert, but if you read to the end, there's a book called Revelation at the last book of your Bible, right? And at the end of Revelation, whose kingdom comes to earth? God's. I mean, talk about a great story. At the end, 
we get rid of the corrupt governments that are running stuff down here. Now, anyone up for this? Think this is a good plan? I mean, the does God have a? Somebody was. They're like, you're so into the Bible. I'm like, you don't understand the hope, the blessed hope that it gives us. That no matter how corrupt it gets down here, no matter how bad it gets. And Jesus even said, it will get bad. But don't worry. He said, don't let your heart be troubled. Don't let your heart be fearful. We have a greater hope. We have a hope. He's going to bring his kingdom and set it up on earth as it is in heaven. Now, if some people are like, tell me all the details. I said, it's like one of those movie trailers. I don't know if any of you have ever watched the, the Mission Impossible movie. I got to tell you, they do a really good job on their movie trailers. If you've ever been a Mission Impossible fan and you see the, the movie trailer for the upcoming movies, they always show these really crazy hairy scenes and, and the, I mean, just like the little wick burning and everything and they're showing that. And they're just, they're teasing you, aren't they? It's like they give you just enough to make you want to go watch the movie just so you can see where is that scene in the movie. They don't give away the movie, though. It's just to whet your appetite to make you want to go, right? Some people say, well, tell me, Pastor, the whole movie about God's kingdom come to earth. And, like, he doesn't do that, does he? I mean, read the book of Revelation. Does he just give us, like, a, I call it, like, a, a spiritual trailer, a, a tease, like, it's all the good stuff, but just a glimpse. Like, just, just a short enough scene to... You get to see it's coming, but you don't get to know the whole thing, so you got to stay tuned. It's like you got to go to the movie to see the whole thing. And when, when the Lord does that, it's not to, it's not because he's cruel. It's because he knows we need the hope to hang on to. And then he said, many will come in my name. Now, there are people who come around to churches saying that they're the, the Messiah. They're the Christ. We've had them even appear at our church. We had one guy show up and he was dressed in a robe with the beard and the and I mean he looked like he could be cast for for Hollywood uh script for Jesus. So I called him Hollywood Jesus showed up at our service. This guy was like and we were doing worship. Hollywood Jesus showed up at our service and he was we were we were worshiping and singing our praise songs and he was in the back and he was going, I accept your praises. I accept your you know Adorate and and he was back there doing this thing and the ladies around him we had some new Christians and they were they were like whoa Jesus is in the building with us because you know he's right there look at him and I said well it, technically yeah it says we're two or more gathered in his name there he is in the midst they go no he's sitting right there seeing this third row forward from the back he's in the robe and looking at the beard and everything it's Jesus and I I looked at him and you know what. You know what happened when I looked right at him? I'm going to tell you. It's really important. By the way, if Jesus says, in the last days, many will come in my name, saying that they're the Messiah. How do we know if they're the right Messiah, the real, true one? Now, I, Jesus said in Matthew 24 that his coming would be as quick as lightning flashes from the east unto the west. He says, so shall the coming of the Son of Man be. He just gave me a clue. How fast would Jesus get here? Faster than a lightning flash. That's, And he said, if anyone should say to you, 
Matthew 24, he says, if they say, oh, he's over here in the wilderness, or he's over there on the hill, or he's in the city, what did Jesus say? Don't bother to go check it out because they're not the true Messiah. When I come back, you won't need somebody. To, I mean, unless the person can outrun lightning, there will not be any need of anyone announcing his coming to you because he will get there before they ever could. So Jesus tells us in Matthew 24, you guys, when they, when, there'll be many coming in my name. He says, but if they say he's over here, he's over there, you already got your answer. It's not me. Because when I show up, you'll know. There'll be a, a blast of a trump, a voice of, of an archangel. And I will appear in my glory. Now in Revelation, we, it says he will be leading a myriad, myriads, thousands upon thousands of the saints on flying horses. Now Jesus says, when they say, I'm in the wilderness, don't even bother. I'm in the city, don't bother. It's not me. When he comes... And I pray he would come right now and end my sermon. It would be the best culmination of the best sermon ever. I'm telling you guys, the Lord could come at any minute and then he shows up right now. Would that work for you? I mean, you guys probably won't, couldn't stand me for eternity. Be like, I told you. Didn't I tell you? Wasn't that the best way to end? Now, I joke about it, but I tell you, if he would, I know every pastor that has preached about his return has been hoping for this to be the kind of, the slam dunk punctuation point at the end of the message. Guys, I just want you to get ready for his, uh, uh, Who's ready? If the Lord was, if the Lord came right now, would you be ready to go? Raise your hand if you're ready. Like, because, I mean, this would be a nice way to end the sermon, right? We just, we're ready, Lord, come. What's the last line of the book of Revelation that, that John cried, come quickly, Lord Jesus. Even so, come quickly. Amen. That's how the Bible ends. I don't know if you know that, but that's a spoiler alert. The end of the book says he's coming. The very end of the book of Revelation is John the Apostle's prayer. Come quickly, Lord. And that's my prayer. I give the amen to his prayer and echo it. Come quickly, Lord. And he says he will. He will. Now, why is he patient according to Peter? Peter says, don't regard the Lord's patience as like slackness, like he's not going to come. He says he's just being patient to get more souls, more believers. He's waiting for people to come to salvation. How many of you have friends that don't know the Lord? Family members. I want the Lord to come now, but that's kind of selfish on my behalf because it's, you know, it's for me. I want him to come. I'm ready. But what about my friends or family members that aren't? I mean, I have an uncle. I really want him to go too. And I'm not sure where he's at yet. Jesus says, don't worry, I've got a lot of time on his hands. We're the ones who are impatient. We want everything right now. Get it done. Get it done. But he is giving me some signs. Now, back to Mark chapter 13. Jesus goes on, he says, verse 9, he says, be on your guard. He says, and, uh, uh, for they will deliver you, it says, to, up to the courts, and you'll be flogged in the synagogues, and you will stand before governors and kings for my sake, as a testimony to them. And the gospel must first be preached to all nations. And when they arrest you and they deliver you up, do not be anxious beforehand about what you are to say, but say whatever is given to you in that hour. For it is not you who will speak, 
Who will speak, it says? The Holy Spirit will speak. Now this is a really important part of our Christian experience that we need to realize that, you know, sometimes some of you, you're even worried about how you're going to speak to your, your friends about the Lord or your family members, those ones you really care about. And you're, Anyone here ever tried to pre-rehearse a speech? What you're going to tell them about the Lord or you're kind of thinking, well, I better figure it, you know, get it smooth. I, maybe I throw in this part and there's that part over here that would, yeah, that would be good. And you start kind of practice. Don't worry. Jesus, you let his spirit give you the right words. In that very moment, even if you're arrested, brought before kings, he says, before authorities for his namesake, he says, don't try to figure out what you're going to say beforehand. In that very moment, now is this a comfort to you or freak you out? Who here is comforted with the idea God's spirit will give you the right words? Some of you are like, what? I have to trust God? I'm like, who do you trust? I mean, what, are you going to tell me you trust yourself? Over God? I, I'm, that doesn't work for me. I'd rather go with the Lord. Let's just trust the Lord, like he says, and know that if in these days, is there a chance of, as us as Christians today being arrested for our faith? Maybe not in our country, but in other countries. We have, we have missionary friends that have, have literally given their lives for the, for the missions that they've done, the, the missionary work. And I look and think, guys, we, we should be ready to meet the Lord any day. Just be ready. We don't know. I, I mean, the Lord's coming could be right now, and I could end the message, and we'll all go home. Or you might just jump in your car and head off and the Lord has an appointment for you to go meet with him. But either way, we need to be ready to meet our maker. We, we need that so much. And the Lord, the Lord says, this is a good day to, to get ready for that. If, you don't, if you're not ready to meet the Lord, I want you to stick around afterwards and, and we'll pray with you. And it, make sure that you're set up and ready to stand before him. Because it, if you're not, I'd be doing you a great disservice, setting all this up and not letting you know that you too can be saved. What a that'd be a jip, wouldn't it? Yeah, we got a we had a great church service, but we didn't let anybody else join the club. Remember, we were like kind of select group. No, everyone is welcome to to enter into his house. Everyone is welcome to come to him and receive salvation. That's what he wants. He wants. Jesus said, I didn't come to condemn the world. I came to, to save it. And he wants to save you today. If you're struggling in this life, I want to introduce you to the guy who can help you through your struggles. I'm not saying your struggles will go away, but I am saying you're going to have a guy that will says he will never leave you. He'll never forsake you. And no, though you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you don't have to fear any evil because he will be with you. The Lord wants to be with you today. Back to Mark chapter 13 and continue, because he's going to even reiterate more of this idea that there'll be many false Christs, many false prophets. There'll be guys that even try to do signs and wonders to mislead us, to get us to follow them. And by the way, if someone does a sign or a wonder and then says, come follow me, what should your answer be? No. Okay, any, any sign that is truly performed by God's Spirit, the person doing it will not say, come be my follower. They'll say, go be whose follower? Follow the Lord. A true prophet 
will always point you back to the Lord. Okay, the measure of his validity uh, 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 of the prophesying he does is not based on how many signs and wonders he can do. It's based on which way does he point you. Because in the Old Testament law, if someone did a sign or wonder and then said, come and follow this other God. What, is, what does it say in Leviticus you're supposed to do to that guy? That, he's, called, he's called a false prophet. It says you're supposed to stone him to death. Pick up rocks and kill him. Because he's taking your heart and trying to mislead you away from the Lord. This is a very serious thing. I mean, that the Bible would write. If somebody is prophesying, and they could prophesy something and it could come to pass. I could do this. Should the Lord not return today, I prophesy to you that the sun will set on that side over there of the rock. Pretty good, huh? And you all are going to gasp in wonder when the sun sets in the west, right? No, that's just the way it works. But that's a false prophet. usually pick something that's so ridiculous. Of course it will happen. And then they say, now come follow me. I'm a great prophet. What's the Bible say? No. Go follow the Lord. Okay? We want to focus your attention not on us, but on Jesus. We want everyone to put their heart towards the Lord, the living God, maker of heaven and earth. In fact, the Bible is very clear. It says, don't worship anything in creation down here. Only worship the creator, not the creation. Does that make sense? That's, that's written to us in the scripture that we should do. And it's really important for our spirit because we, if we get sidetracked worshiping anything down here, it kind of muddles up our faith, makes us stumble. And God doesn't want that for you. He wants you to be free to serve the living God. Amazing Grace Kona thanks you for listening to today's lesson. If your travels take you to Kailua Kona on the Big Island of Hawaii, come visit us. We meet Sunday mornings, 9 a.m., on the beach at the north end of the old Kona Airport. For more information about Amazing Grace Kona, go to our website, AmazingGraceKona.com. Amazing Grace Kona is the original Calvary Chapel Kona.